What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dirty Dirty Show, where we talk about things you shouldn't say around your mom. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, is Abby, Daniel, and Garrett. Today, we're going to be talking about past breakups and divorce, along with our experiences from the coronavirus. But before we get into that, we have a couple updates for you guys. So, I heard y'all possibly found a house. Well, it's a little bit more than possibly at the moment. So, we went and looked at a house, what was it, Thursday? Yeah, I think. So Thursday afternoon, <clears throat> which coincidentally was right around the corner from the first house that we fell in love with during this whole house search, and got there and pretty much fell in love with this one again. I mean, it was more than what we were asking for. So everything was in decent condition. All we got to do now is pretty much just wait for our inspections and stuff to come through and go from there. So when do you all plan on having the inspections? I think it's the 29th or the 30th of this month we're trying to plan for because our um, realtor is out of town this week. Right. So it's going to be the week after that. We just got to figure out a time if we're going to do it in the morning or the afternoon. Nice. Where does the house sit on the budget? Um, It actually came in lower than what our... uh, What your max was? Yeah, what our max was. It was like $10,000 lower than what our max was. So it was uh, sitting at a nice cool 195 are they, uh, is the seller paying for a closing cost or, or are y'all paying closing costs? Uh, we have a grant that puts, is it two and a half or 2% towards, 2% towards closing costs. And I think 2% of the total purchase price. Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if we're covering the rest or if we asked them to cover some of them. So, but I'm pretty sure there's a, um, a thing in our loan for like a, a seller credit mm. that they can use towards like closing costs and stuff like that that comes with our loan. Well, cool. Well, congratulations, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully, it all works it. out. Yep. Obviously, you know, don't celebrate until you have the keys in your hands. Pretty much. So, and, uh, yeah, now y'all can come over and uh, we can try to not poison you with our home cooked meals. I'll I'll bring food. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well. Oh, <laughs> um, if anybody wants to like. Anybody got, like, a, a contact information on this podcast that we can get some recipes and shit in for so we can try to learn how to fucking cook? It's called going to Amazon and getting um, cookbooks. Fuck that. I already have cookbooks. I remember, Chris, I, could literally I don't have an cook. Amazon. Oh, my God. I can literally teach you how to cook so many things. I appreciate it. It's not, nice. it's not hard at all. Either, easier than chicken and broccoli Alfredo that I have every single time that y'all cook. That's me, and that was like twice in your whole yeah. life, and it was like two years apart, so I'm literally <laughs> a little confused. So so do I not get it until 2022? Hey, not that attitude. <laughs> we had steaks when we were house-sitting that one time. You enjoyed the fuck he out did, of that. He didn't come uh, that night. That wasn't me. With steaks? That was, yeah, that no, was not. That was just me and you. Are you sure? Because yes. I'm pretty sure you were no. there for that No, night. he came during... <laughs> that was the other time he had chicken alfredo. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> Wrong person. <laughs> there was no other person. That's yeah, why. There was honest. another person. No, that wasn't she, that night. Uh, that wasn't that night. That was a couple nights after that. Um, all right. Well, let's move into update number two. Chris. Yeah. So, as you all know from last episode, um, I have a little science experiment going on with my penis. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, as you all know, I've been taking some fish oil pills. And last week, I got berated about how I have not been... Uh, measuring like I should. <laughs> so I have an update for you on my measurement. Um, 
Y'all ready? What did you start at? I started at seven. Okay. Now, I'm at seven. <laughs> <laughs> but is it like a a healthier erection? So is it, it like thicker? It feels thicker. Girthy? Yeah, like it feels thicker. Like like after we got done uh, podcasting and I went back to my house, you know, I was laying in bed and just kind of was hanging out and, you know, had a, had a nice, nice hearty erection going on. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Everybody's picking on me about it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, measure. So I went ahead and measured it and wasn't disappointed because it wasn't. Smaller, smaller. It didn't shrink. Yeah, so that's, that's a plus. So, but I do feel like not lengthwise, but like girthwise, it's gotten more meatier. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and just you know feels feels beefier in the hand. A healthier all around, nicer yeah. erection. Yeah, like better ingredients, better pieces. I'm a little upset with the fact that pills. you didn't measure length as well as width at the beginning. Oh, you should have. Should have got like a cloth tape and your planning was very very well done. Look. This is a one-person science experiment, so... <laughs> There's always next time. I didn't think it took two people to measure your own dick. I mean, <clears throat> in, in the right people involved, it'd be, it'd yeah, be like nice. Yeah, like midgets. Uh, I don't know. I could name drop. But we're not going to right now. <laughs> Who? Nothing. Nothing. Let's, uh, let's get right into it, though. So I think we're going to go in chronological order. So... Starting with the divorce first, let's get into it. All right. So before we really get into it, just kind of give you guys an update, um, or kind of a, a, a kind of a heads up. This might be a little more serious than normal. Um, even though we are, you know, stupid and we have shits and giggles, you know, we are still people, so we do still have, you know, bad things happen in our lives. So I was married um, for. Two and a half years, I think. Yeah, I think it was like two and a half because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it to three years, and um, everything was good at first, but things kind of went south because uh, it was a mixture between me and her. Um, for me, it was uh, like um, work was starting to get more stressful, and then I had a couple automobiles. You know, the motor blew up in my pickup. And then, um, you know, my Jeep was not running right either. That motor was screwed up too. So I was completely under a lot of stress. And I got to a point in my life where everything pissed me off. Like I was so angry all the time that if you drop something wrong, I was going off on you. And which I don't do that now, thank God. And I never want to get back into that position ever again. But she's her and I would butt heads a lot and then she started a new job and started to hang out with a bunch of people that I didn't know. And so, you know, I was, I was playing it cool, you know, like, you know, Hey, um, you know, I'd like to meet your friends that, that you're hanging out with, you know, after work and stuff like that. And she would be like, well, you know, I don't want you to meet them yet because you know, they're, they're still new and I'm trying to figure them out. So, in my mind, I knew that was like a red flag, but me trying to be loving and trying to be, you know, a husband stuff and trusting her like, hey, you know what? I trust you. Um, you know, that I, I just let her kind of do her own thing. 
So what really kind of boiled down to it was like, once my truck blew up, I looked at her and said, Hey, I'm not going to have the money to fix my truck. I'm going to need your help. And she looked at me and basically said, your truck, your problem, you figure it out. And so I had to scramble and try to basically, I, I, I started a new business and I was, I was, I was doing that on the side and, and then she got upset because I wasn't hanging out with her enough. So I stopped doing that for a little bit. And then she was getting pissed off because I was hanging out with her too much. So there was no really happy medium there. Yeah, it's, it sounds like from that point on, it was just kind of like there was a there was no way to make her happy, or there was no way to make either of you happy, really, because the relationship is was already headed south. Yeah. So. But so. you guys had to carpool too, didn't you? Yeah, we had we carpooled for a little bit there. <clears throat> oh, I did not know about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, we carpooled for a little bit. Um, but. The night that I got home, I was I was ecstatic because my truck was finally in the shop. A motor was finally being put in it. My Jeep, I just put a new motor in that one. I was so happy. Things were starting to look up after a, about a year of nothing but just just sadness and, and stress. Things were starting to finally look up. And I, that was the first time I walked through my house with a smile on my face. And she was sitting on the sofa. And I remember like yesterday, she was, I was, she was sitting on the sofa, staring at the TV. And there was nothing on TV. It was, it was off. And I was like, hey, um, you know, what, what's, what's wrong? What's up? Oh, nothing, nothing. I was like, no, you know, something's wrong. What, what's going on? And she was like, oh, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. I was like, no, like, seriously, what's going on? You're not acting right. What's going on? And she just looked at me dead in my face and said, I think we need a divorce. And I looked at her, I was like, you're joking, right? And she goes, no. And I said, well, before we get a divorce, you know, let's, let's go to, let's go to counseling, you know, let's, let's work on it. You know, she said that I was getting, you know, more aggressive, um, you know, not, not in a physical way. I'd never do that to anybody. And, and y'all know that. Um, but I was, I was just more aggressive when it, you know, emotionally. And, and I was, I was apparently, um, hurting her emotionally um just because of my you know how much stress i was under and and how everything would just make me snap um so i was like you right you know i understand i'm i'm 100 with you that's actually happening so let's go to therapy i will go to anger management let's work this out we have too much on the line here and we've built too much so far to let this happen and she's like no no and i was like I'm, I'm willing to work here. Like I will shuck out the money to do this. Like I want to make this happen. And she was like, no, I've already made up my mind. So, I, so after about four hours of us going back and forth doing that, I finally looked at her and said, okay, you know, all right, you know, that's fine. And then it was a giant cat and mouse game for about two weeks where she was telling everybody, you know, oh, you know, telling your mom, stuff like that, that, you know, we were getting a divorce and stuff like that. I, I assumed we were getting a divorce. And so I asked her one more time. I said, hey, do you really want to get divorced? Before we start the paperwork, do anything, do you really want a divorce? She said yes. So after she did that, I remember I was on my lunch break. I called my dad and I called my mom. And I told him, I said, hey, well, I'm getting a divorce. And basically I told her that I told my parents and she went ape shit on me. She was like, I can't believe you told your parents that I didn't know if I wanted a divorce yet or not. And I'm like, 
I just gave you the option. And I was like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to divorce and go through the other way, we can do that. I'm still game. She goes, no, you've already told too many people now, you know, now it's out. They're going to hate me. And I'm like, okay. And then didn't hear anything from her. And I was like, Hey, are we still together or what's going on? And she goes, no, we're getting a divorce. I said, okay, then you go get a lawyer. You write up the paperwork and then you hand it to me and, and, and I'll see if I agree to it or not. So basically, you know, state of Virginia, if you don't have a kid, it's six months. If you have a kid, it's a year. So mine actually stretched out to a year almost um, just because we had to get stuff straight with the house and vehicles and, and, and all that crap. Just the financials. Yeah. So she ended up, we, we had, it's going to sound really weird. We had split custody of our dog. I'm going to say my dog. It was my dog at the end of the day. She was my dog. Um, but we had split custody of her and that was getting to the point where it was every two weeks. I think it wasn't every, every two weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks, weeks, you know, it would go back from her, you know, her, wherever she was living and, and, you know, my house. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't basically two weeks till after the divorce was finalized that she already had another boyfriend. So I knew Right then and there, that backup option. Was yeah, in the, in she the was. Already. If if she wasn't already messing around with him while we were still married, it, she was. She didn't take long to re, you know rebound. Well, obviously, you know she didn't really think too much of it. This whole divorce being like hard on her and anything like that, because it's. I mean, yeah, there's no way if you're going to spend y'all were together what. Not even married, but y'all were together five, what, five years. years. Yeah, five years. Five years of your life with somebody, and then two weeks after getting divorced, you're gonna have this whole new freaking thing. Yeah. Like, did you even care in the first place? Like, yeah. Because I mean, I know she dropped. She dropped all of y'all like a fucking bad habit. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and it was a it was a real quick turnaround to find out that I was blocked on everything and just no communication whatsoever even like on days that meant something not just to me not just to you know my ex but also to you to her to all of our friends who we considered family at that point in time like my daughter's birthday Mm -hmm. for her to not even reach out on stuff like that until it pops up on facebook a couple days afterwards and she was like oh hey by the way sorry i missed that you're you're not sorry that you missed it. You're sorry about the situation that you guys just went through. And now it's put a strain on our relationship somehow, even though it kind of felt like to a degree, she wanted everybody to choose a side and, you know, coming, yeah, coming out of your mouth. Of course you got, you were like, look, I know you were my friend the same time you were her friend. You literally met us basically the same time. Um, You know, there was no, I don't want you to take her side. I don't want you to take my side. I don't want you to take sides at all. I just want you to, you know, still be my friend through this stuff. And so we were there. We were all there. And from an outside perspective, it was interesting to watch. So I'd say that's like us. I mean, she still, for a couple months there, we still tried to stay in contact and everything. Like you said, you know, 
he was like, you don't have to pick sides. I know y'all are friends, and, you know, we've been friends all this time. If you want to hang out with me, that's perfectly fine. If you want to hang out with her, don't feel like you're, you know, going against me or that I'm going to get mad at you because I understand. Yep. You know, you can hang out with her. And, I mean, we hung out, like, once or twice after that. But, I mean, you could tell it's like we had to, to struggle and do anything to talk to her. She acted like we were always yeah. talking And it's like, her. even when we were there – we always got the complaint, oh, well, they all they want to talk about is what's going on. All they want to talk about is what's going on. And we didn't even bring anything up. I'm like, pretty it was sure it was always the- her that was like, oh, well, yeah, this and this and this and that. And it's like, yeah, we don't care. We just want to hang out with you. We're not yeah. going to pick a side on this whole event that's going down right now. We could care less about it. We just want to stay friends. I don't know. I already knew what was happening because she was planting seeds in my head about Chris before any of the divorce stuff even happened. Yeah, before she was even showing it, she would, when Chris would go outside and Daniel would go with him, she, she'd be like, oh, today Chris did this and yesterday he texted me this and blah, blah, blah. He's such an asshole and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, he is an asshole because like, I never got Chris's side ever. <laughs> Literally ever. Well, I mean, I I take, you know, full responsibility to when I said, you know, my aggression did get to a level where it should have never gotten to and that, you know, my stress was through the roof. And like I said, I never want to get in that position ever again and, and feel that way. But as your partner, that's her job to be with you and to work with you through that. And I understand that if she wasn't ready for it, she needed a divorce, which is fine. It worked out better for you, I think. But I just couldn't, like, when she fell off the face of the planet by her own choice and blocked us on Facebook when we don't even have Facebook, she went that extra step for no reason. Yeah. That proved to me that she had no interest in being my friend ever again, regardless. And then we started hanging out with Chris all the time, literally, like, every day. And I started getting his side of everything. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not what she told me at all. So then you started to get full circle where, like, I see her side, but I see his side. And, like, it just wasn't going to work out ultimately anyways. I think at that point we were hanging out a lot. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a matter of you giving me your side or her giving me her side. It was a matter of I saw everything that was going on, even if it was just from an outside perspective. So I was able to see, you know, kind of the the things that she was going through and the, the changes that she was making on a personal level. I was able to see when you were pissed off all the time and how you kind of came out of it and, you know, moved past it and everything to go with that. But and the fact that she, like I said, the fact that she blocked me as well as my ex on literally everything out of kind of nowhere without even reaching out at all was just a, a solid indicator of, of where she was trying to move to in her life, which is fine. I, I wish her extreme happiness. I hope she found it. I, and I, and I do the same. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is throughout the entire divorce, I was as, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, civil. Civil and cordial. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I helped her out if she needed help, like packing stuff up, I'd help her. And, and you know, if she needed help moving stuff, I'd help her you move did, stuff. You I went mean, and worked on her car a couple times. I was going to say, even that one time she called you to, to do her brakes and stuff. Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I did it because, you know, even to this day, there's there's always still going to be a part of me, you know, that that's going to love her. But is it it's never going to be like it was. And it's and then, you know, but I think that's with everybody. You know, everybody has that one person that, you know, you're always going to love, even if it's not going to work out. Um, however, 
she she sent me down a a dark path afterwards you know just seeing how fast she transitioned to somebody else and and basically after after we got our divorce you know i i broke down and and i told her i was like you know this this isn't working for you know you and i with the, with the dog thing you know and i was like you know what just just keep her i was like just keep her because you know it's it's in my head i knew i could never truly move on until I'd stopped actually seeing her all the time. And if I saw her every two weeks, there was a bunch of different things that would go through my head, you know, and then I had like 50 different emotions going through at the same time. So after, after that was all said and done, you know, I had a roommate at the time, but I felt so alone, even when I was around people, and, and y'all know from firsthand, I leaned on my friends hard. And, and I mean, I leaned on them as hard as I could because I knew that if I didn't, even if I felt so alone on the inside and was so depressed that I knew that I still had people I could talk to and would still help me or give me the honest answer that I needed to hear. And so I leaned on my, I leaned on my friends hard. I leaned on... I, Daniel and Abby, I leaned on y'all super hard. Garrett, I leaned on you hard. I still lean on you hard, but in a different way. It's okay. You know that. Right, I appreciate right? it. Yeah. But he I'm would glad lean you said on you. About the cry. He would lean on you while hard. Just a. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, that's the only way I can get hard is if I think about you. Yeah, because obviously Abby's a bone killer. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, um. You know, and, and that's the thing is if anybody actually saw me, you know, I, I tried to keep a smile on my face as much as possible. I tried to, you know, kind of cover up how I was truly feeling, how alone I actually felt. And, you know, it took me a while to actually kind of get back to a sense of everything's OK. Everything's going to be OK. Basically telling myself, stop being a little fucking bitch. Pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps and move on with your life. Shit happens. Get over it. And I knew that I had in my head was, you know, I had suicidal thoughts. I had, you know, different, different depression happening to me. And, um, and I, I don't want anybody like if anybody's out there actually dealing with something like that, you know, dealing with depression and dealing with getting down that low, there's ways out of it, you know, in, in killing yourself is not the way out of it. Um, you know, and that's just one thing to kind of remember. And uh, to this day, I've, I've, I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot better. Man. And. Me- and mentally, emotionally, I've gotten better. He's, he's, got, still he's gotten a lot better. Still I'm still an asshole. I'm but. still an asshole, but I'm a different type of asshole. Yeah, now you're a clean asshole, I guess. Since, <laughs> ew. Especially since we used to see you lose your temper, like, <clears throat> at some very crazy times. Like, like we've, we've seen it with our own eyes to where you feel so uncomfortable that you feel like digging a hole through the wall and literally leaving through the window. Like, <laughs> but I, we haven't seen you have an episode in literally years, like... Ever and we used to see it every day. Shoot, I mean, I think the last time that you got bad that I can remember, and even then it wasn't that bad. Was um, um, 
our four year anniversary when I engaged or when I proposed to you when he came down there and we were trying to figure out what was wrong because you were acting different and then all of a sudden you just went to the beach and disappeared for a couple hours. Uh, I was then, trying to basically trying to to clear my head because like like there again I was not in a, I, was, I still wasn't in a right mindset and so I basically went down to the beach and it's gonna sound dumb as shit because I never told anybody this. And, you know, I'm not going to bring religion to anything like that. But I basically walked the beach and was just talking to myself out loud and trying to be like, I looked up to this guy. I was like, what do you want me to do? What what do I need to do? I don't know which way is up. I don't know which way is down. I feel like my head's spinning every different direction. I feel like I'm, I'm just in a dark hole and I'm never going to get out of it. Everybody else around me is success, uh, successful and I'm, I'm making steps backwards. And, and I, I really felt at that time, I felt like a failure, complete failure because, you know, both of my siblings, they were married, you know, they, they're happily married. And I felt like, out of us three, I felt like the failure. I, I, and you know, and there's still times today where I still feel like I was the failure and I, you know, I still feel like the failure, but I know that's not, I know, I know that's not true, you know, and, and so when, when y'all went, you know, when we went down to the beach and stuff like that, that's what I was going through. And, and when I just disappeared on the beach, that's what I was doing. I was just trying to figure out exactly what, what direction I needed to go. I feel like that's a huge difference than when it all started versus <clears throat> now, because now if you're feeling a certain type of way, you'll be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Just so you guys know. And then if you want to talk about it, you talk about it instead of just completely shutting down and we don't see you for like days. Like yeah, yeah. you're actually very verbal about it. Cause before I think you were like, I don't think I should hide my feelings. I mean, I don't think I should show my feelings. I think they just need to be, I'll deal with it later. It doesn't matter. But like, yeah, deal, to- deal with it when you're not around people. That way nobody yeah. has to, the way I look at it, I think, and knowing you, I think it was, you felt like if you showed any emotion or anything like that, you were just feeling like you were showing weakness or something like that. Just or that vulnerability. You're everyone else's problem and you yeah. didn't think it was anybody else's yeah, problem. Yeah, you were just showing that you were also vulnerable instead of being somebody that everybody could lean on. You needed somebody yourself to lean on and you just didn't want to bother anybody. But that's not how it was. Cause you know, as much as you don't like us, we're here for you, buddy. <laughs> and I, you know, I well, always appreciate that. At least Garrett is <laughs> it's hard sometimes real hard. Y'all real go hard. pinch a tick together. Well, let's, let's branch off a little bit because your divorce and my breakup were very, very similar. Um, the difference is, is that you had a marriage, I had a child. Yep. Um, so I was with my ex for seven years, and it went really well for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of wasn't, at least for me anymore. And a lot of it is because even from the very beginning, it was a very highly stressful situation for me to put myself into, knowing that, you know, she didn't really work, didn't really want to work. Um, and that was just at the time she did get a job back before we had our daughter and she worked and we got our own place and we accomplished a lot together. And then, um, we kind of got into, we got out of Ashland for one. That was a huge step because we were so tired of being around everybody who was just creating problems for us. 
And then um, once we got into our own place in Richmond, everything was going really well still. We had our daughter. And um, then we kind of started having issues here and there. And right around our daughter's first birthday um, is when I started having doubts about the relationship. But I was acting out of fear at that point and staying with her. Because I, I wasn't happy, and I, I don't think she was happy, in, in total honesty. But I think she was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because she didn't have the means to provide for herself. And I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because I was afraid of what would happen as far as the everything to do with our daughter. And so everything went with that for about two years, and then... So mine came a year and some change after yours, because um, it was around the end of October, beginning of November of last year, of 2019. And just like you, I kind of went down a dark path, not because of anything that I was feeling myself, but just because like I almost feel like I was forced to feel that way because of the things that were being told about me, um, just because... I shouldn't have done it, but I reached out to somebody online and it became, it, it was a normal thing to have a conversation with this person. It was a, it was like a support group type of thing. And at first I was talking to this person about my problems and then it became just normal conversation because it felt good for somebody to talk to me about a normal day stuff. And well, you, you weren't really getting the, I don't want to say attention, but the attention that, that you, you know, that you were, you were giving more attention than were, was receiving. And I, I believe that, you, you know, know, I think our biggest issue mean between me and my ex is that whenever she had a problem or had feelings about something and she wanted to talk about it and she wanted me to be a hundred percent accepting of that. And she wanted me to be understanding and wanted me to change whether it was something that I was doing, something I was saying, something that was going on. She wanted me to help change that going on. But when it was vice versa and I was coming to her with my issues, she would justify why I shouldn't feel that way. And so I think a lot of that was our, that was probably our biggest problem. Um, I think that, well, I didn't find out until after we broke up that she thinks that she's perfect. And I, I had to clarify it with her during our breakup because she said that she was a perfect woman through our relationship. And it made me kind of step back and be like, did you just say that you were perfect? She was like, yes. And I was like, you truly believe 100% that you are perfect? And she was like, yes. And I was like, if, if you believe that you're a perfect human being or a perfect woman – in general, a lot of that would be part of our uh, part of why we're having issues. Because if you think that you're perfect, you think that you don't do things wrong. Meanwhile, I was on the other side of that, thinking that I did everything wrong all the time. And the even crazier part, the dynamic of our relationship was kind of built off of that. Because her entire family, and even some of my family, would be like, you're so lucky to have her. She's such an amazing person. She's such this. She's such that. She does so much for your, you guys' daughter. She does so much for you. And it was never like what I was doing for her or what I was doing for my daughter or, or our daughter, rather. 
or what I was doing either. So there's a lot of one-sidedness to kind of make me feel like the bad guy. And that's really interesting considering I would work multiple jobs. I would work 12, 14, 15, 16 hours a day between one, maybe two jobs, five, six days a week to provide for her so that she wouldn't have to work because our agreement was for her to stay at home with our daughter. And I 100% agreed to that. But at the end of our relationship, I was trying to get her to get back into a job part-time just to take stress off of me. I was trying to get her to get her license to take stress off of me. And she was not willing to do those things to help our relationship or to take stress off of me to help just me in general. And so it just became a one-sided thing. And when I tried to talk to her about it, she kind of shut down and was like, there's no way that you can feel this way pretty much because she thought that she was perfect unless I was cheating on her. And then it just became entirely clear that I was just way out of my battlefield because I, I didn't even know how to, you know, react to anything like that. Because if, I mean, I was with her for seven years. So if anybody knew me, I thought that she would, but then she hit me with that and it kind of came out of nowhere. And, but just like yours, she moved on extremely quick. And it kind of seemed like she had backup options set up because she knew herself as well that things were not going so smoothly or as perfectly as she would portray it to other people. Well, I remember the day that you called me and was like, hey, man, when you got a divorce, how did you know, you know, that it was divorce? Like. Like, did you just want want one? And I and that's when I explained to you what happened. Um, but you know, I I know I tried to give you advice and just be like, you know, work it out. If you can work it out, work it out. You know, and and and, and take a step back and, and look at what you've built and go from there. Um, you know, and then that's what I try to tell everybody is is don't just give up on it. If if you can fight for it, fight for it. Yeah. But in your situation where you knew that it was at the end, she didn't say it, but she knew that it was at the end. The best thing that happened to you was you know, y'all separating. Yeah, I mean, ultimately I think she's happier. I think I'm happier. I think it's better for our daughter. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for a kid to grow up in an environment where not only mommy's happy, but dad's happy as well. And I think in the bigger picture, I, I definitely think that this was for the better. Um, yeah. Cause two positive households are better than one negative household. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, separate households. And that's kind of what I was, that was a conversation that me and her had as well. And she agreed with me. And since then, she's been very cordial. Everything's been really well um, as far as, like, the the time that we each spend with our daughter. And we're both, you know, being understanding of events, things going on, you know, birthdays, parties, whatever normal events are, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever. Yeah, it's been very cordial. It's been very civil. Um, like I said, I, I, I truly believe that she's happier. I truly believe that I'm happier and I do think that this was for the better. 
I, I see. I, I think you're happier. I, I, do, I do believe that. Um, you know, I do see that you, you still have your moments where, where it does seem like somebody squashed your puppy. Um, you mean like this entire weekend? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like calling you today and you're like, hey, how's it going? It's like, bro, who squashed your puppy? Some, somebody ran over my cat this morning and I don't even have a cat. <laughs> No, I mean you still you still go through your spells, and, and so do I. You know, it's 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 human nature. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Which I go through spells. They don't go through spells, and we're together, like and happily together. That's just a part of life. Sometimes it's just feeling like fucking shit. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's life. As you know? kids say nowadays, it really do be like that. It sometimes. really do. It really <laughs> do. Yeah. I want to take a couple minutes before we move on, um, and just kind of get an outside perspective from you guys on what it was kind of like seeing him go through it and then what it was like seeing me go through it. I think our perspectives are going to be different because Daniel's known both of you for a very long time. And honestly, I knew you from like two instances until you and her broke up. So like, I'm not a very good, like, (laughs) all right, well, Daniel, uh, which I guess, which one do you want me to start on? Start, start with Chris since that was first. Okay. So, I mean, shit. How long have we known each other? Fucking, I've been out of high school for five five years years now, so nine years, going on ten years. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't really talk a whole lot when we first started being friends or anything, but I mean, when we did, so probably like six months after we started becoming friends, we started hanging out all the time, and you know, starting to grow closer and you pretty much became another big brother to me. So seeing all your, pretty much your downhill spiral from the first relationship you were in and seeing the ups and downs from that one going into the one that you got married to, I could see the differences there to where you weren't happy, but it wasn't like the happy or wasn't the, I guess the upset you were from getting your divorce. They were two completely different things. Uh, Because when you got your divorce, it was like a part of you that I had never seen. I mean, the first breakup was, I mean, I felt like you probably took probably three or four months to get over. But, I mean, that was, I mean, your high school relationship was shit, your longest relationship at that point in time. And then going from this one, it was like we saw – all the stress and all, you know, the emotional turmoil and everything that you were going through, just that you were putting on yourself because you weren't getting the help that you needed from your significant other. I mean, she just obviously didn't give a fuck. At one point, she just stopped caring. Uh, And we watched that, and me and Abby had talks about, you know, joking around that y'all were, oh, mom and dad are fighting again. They're going to get a divorce and shit like that. And then it started from being a joke to like, oh shit, <laughs> it's actually looking like they're going to get like a divorce. We would, we would make jokes like, well, dad's taking Daniel and mom's going to take me. And mm. then mom number two decided Abby's not good enough. Yeah, joke's on <laughs> us. Mom didn't take either one of us because fuck her. Yeah, so I ended up with both the children. <clears throat> Sorry. But it's okay. Me and you have split custody now. I feel like even at the beginning of that relationship, because I, I watched that whole relationship you know, unfurl. Just you were there be from what day it, one. Be what it was. I was there before the relationship to here after the relationship. Saw all the ups and downs. Um, 
at the beginning, I mean, you were the happiest that I've ever seen you, like ever. And then, like I said, it progressively went downhill from there with all the stress and emotional turmoil that got put on you. And I mean, you just being hard on yourself and not getting, like I said, the proper help to splitting up and it being even harder on you because you were feeling like everything was your fault. Like, even though you didn't want to admit it to other people or get the help, we could tell and we were trying to be there that we knew you were putting everything on your shoulders that you thought you were the whole problem. When in all reality, 95% of the problem wasn't even you. It was your lack of help that you were getting from somebody who was supposed to love you dearly and be there for you and help you progress as a as a human you know just grow as a person but now so that how, how does that compare and contrast from like what you saw me go through and what, what like at the end of mine well see that's that's the thing it's two completely different things because i really wasn't there before and, but i mean, I mean i saw nobody you, was chris chris was around but no, i saw you like, not like now when you were happy or when we thought you were happy i mean you were acting cool acting like there was no problem in the world whatsoever. And then it, like I said, stuff just felt like wasn't adding up right. Like you were acting different or we would be like, Oh, Hey Garrett, is everything okay? And you kind of played the same thing that Chris would. Oh yeah, I'm fine. And then a couple of days later you would be acting completely different. It's like, are you sure everything's okay? And I mean, how we even had a conversation one time that you were saying, I don't think I'm happy. I just feeling like, I'm the problem of all this that's going on and I feel like we're going to end up splitting up and I just don't want that to happen because I don't know what's going to happen between us and our daughter. If she's going to take her, if I'm ever going to see her again and just to the, the actual breakup itself, y'all splitting up and then you being downhill like Chris was for a good little while, you know, a couple months and then just being happier than we ever saw you in the relationship. Like now, I mean, you still see your daughter, but you've grown so much and put less stress on yourself being apart than together. So that's that's pretty much there. That's well, it. Coming coming from my point of view from it, since you know I didn't know you and her for a very long time, um, I I saw. Don't don't get me wrong, y'all. Uh, you put on a good act. You put on a really good act, and and it fooled me. Um, basically up till the, the day you, you called me. And then after the day you called me, I, I really, it, it kind of opened my eyes and I, I was seeing, I was seeing things that were happening around and, um, and I definitely, I definitely could see the stress that you were, you were, uh, uh, under. And I knew the one thing that really did bother you was, you know, the, the, the issue of when you got home from work, you weren't getting, the help, you know, the, 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 the attention, excuse me, the attention, or you get home and it'd be, Hey, I need you to take me X, Y, Z, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So you never really got time to actually relax. You never really could take off your boots and actually sit down and, and be able to drop your shoulders and just relax. And, and I could, I could see that actually happening. Um, and you know, for, for the longest time, everything was cool between y'all, but I, I do believe deep down, I think what happened was, after you you quit you know smoking and then doing all that kind of stuff you finally started progressing faster and progressing more with life and unfortunately you know um she 
didn't, and and I don't think she had the same drive as you. So the progressions were getting different, and and I think that's where where the relationship finally kind of took a split, and and where you were looking outside for help, it wasn't you looking for somebody to to be with. You were looking for that support. You were looking for somebody to tell you, hey man, you're doing a great fucking job. And and I think you were looking for that where you weren't getting it at home. Yeah. Just the appreciation factor there. Yeah. Just you were going on and progressing with life and she was stuck at a standstill. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a quick break real quick. Kind of kind of restructure some things, you know, get get out of this kind of kind of melancholy mood. And uh, when we get back, we'll start talking about COVID and uh, our lives after our, our separations. All right. All right, cool. All right, guys, we're back. Um, so going from our, you know, breakups and divorce and stuff like that, we're going to talk about some of the upsides that we've had since then. Um, you know, for me personally, I, other than, you know, physically, emotionally and mentally feeling a lot better, you know, I, I got a new car. I hang out with my friends whenever I want. Um, with my new car, you know, I've done a bunch of dumb shit to it with my new car, with my new car. Um, you know, and, uh, with this whole Corona thing, haven't really been able to do anything fun with it. Just, you know, look at it and be sad. That's okay. With the Corona stuff, you helped me plan out what we were going to do to my car too. We did. So, so we kind of, I used the upswing of my breakup to have you inspire me on what to do to my car too. Yeah. Sell it and get a different one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Get a, get a turbo. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We're working on it. Oh, dude. I saw that Type R today. That white one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's nasty. Yeah, she is. Well, that's what you should get here. Then you finally be faster than me. He'd be mad as hell if yeah, I got no, a Type R right now. Yeah, I would. You wouldn't be. If I got a Type R and put a cold air intake in it. Yeah, Chris would still definitely spank you. That's okay. Because you, don't, you don't know how to drive. Like my whistle would smack it. I don't know how to drive what? Like he does. Ooh, he doesn't okay. know how I got whiplash earlier. <laughs> okay. Okay. While my eardrums are bleeding. You don't know how to drive like this does. All right. So, I mean, you and I both equally, you know, put new sound systems or subs in our cars, um, which bumped it. And yeah, then, my car might not be faster, but I'll tell you what, buddy, that motherfucker's louder. And uh, <laughs> we did, you know, I did do a strenuous four-hour job putting under underglow under your car for you to, you know rip it off and then i have to completely take it all down it got fucked up okay yeah and so is mine and, and unfortunately with mine i gotta do the same i gotta pull oh, it you off. gotta oh yeah i gotta pull it all off that's okay you've officially been unpimped after you do it remember you did that to me after you took my underglow off i did yeah you pulled the shirt on my collar and you said you've officially been unpimped oh because i was about to give you so much shit like wow. do not pinch my collar again because that was the, the dumbest thing i've ever seen you do <laughs> You literally did it to me standing in my garage after you took the underglow off. But yeah, my underglow got fucked up going in and out of my garage. The steep incline heading in, uh, every time I was going in and out, I was scraping it. And then, yeah, the the combination of that as well as driving in the rain made it detach itself from my car. And so the underglow was kind of hanging and I had to take it off. But it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. It's all good. I want to say what really sucks out of all of it is that like my car, yeah, it's not done where I want it to be, but it's it's 
it's I feel like it's a lot cooler in my opinion, a lot cooler. Um, you obviously, you know, you like your car a lot better. It's a lot cooler as well. Um, I feel more comfortable driving it. Before it felt like a bubble. It felt like I was driving a dad bubble. Like a fishbowl. And now it feels like I'm driving a douchemobile, which you, is which is way better. You are full blown fuck boy. Yeah. Well, well anything he says with, with you his in bright it. red car. <laughs> anything with you in the driver's seat is a douchemobile. That's kind of true. That's ninety five point eight percent of the way true. They call me a douche because I get in the pussy and get out. Because you cleanse the pussy. I cleanse the pussy. Like holy water. Spiritually. Yeah. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Puss. No, nah, just the Father. The Daddy, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I think I think this is getting really sacrilegious. <laughs> Sack. Oh. <laughs> Praise be the penis. <laughs> Blessed. I was going to say that. Hashtag no thanks to you, fish oil. <laughs> no shit. Although I'm still going to do my experiment. I'm still... I'm still Chugging along with You're going to measure it in like four weeks. Did it'd you, be like hey, 6.25. Did you, did you at least check the girth this go around? I will. I will, I will this check, time. Yeah. Check the girth and then we'll come back in like two weeks or something and figure it out. How's your dick, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> How's your girth? But, you know, because of this whole fucking corona shit that going on right now or kind of starting to dwindle, dwindle itself down a little bit more. But at the peak of it, we had these cars. Did... Both single, both ready to fucking tear up the bars, and can't do shit. Yeah, so we spent all of our time on our cars, and then once we kind of hit a hit a wall with that, it was just me and you spending time together doing literally nothing. I know, we were just, you know... Go we, on evening cruises. Yeah, we'd look at it and go, <laughs> do you want to take a ride? <laughs> yeah. Like, like... Two married couple, you know, people that are like two married couple, couple people. people. Oh yeah. god, okay, like two people in a marriage. I don't know. Let's just continue. domestic partnership. Yeah, I, I made it worse. Though. I made it a lot worse. So two two homies just wanted to cruise together. <laughs> we get it. You guys were giving each other roadhead. You don't. Yeah, have they just wanted to ride each other. It's really hard to give roadhead from two separate vehicles. Might mm. I add, road bread. That means I you feel like you've tried that before. And that's how you that have all this experience. That's a new hashtag for our car. Road bread. Road bread. Red bread. <laughs> I don't even get a dirty, dirty sticker yet, and you're already changing it. I have dirty. No, no, I'm gonna keep stickers. the dirty, dirty there. I'm. We're definitely gonna keep the dirty, dirty on there. That's like a whole brand now. I wouldn't know. I have. Ooh, it's okay. I meant because I don't have a sticker. Calm down. The, the uh, that's not at all what I, where I thought you were going. With yeah, that. I realized when I saw your face. The noise that you made after you said it. Hmm. Thank you. Oh look. You finally have a hashtag like, dirty dirty sticker. I don't sticker. like the font. Can you get me a new one? No, fuck no. That's no. the font. That's the font of both of ours. Do you that have is, dirty, that's dirty the sticker? the dirty dirty brand font. He hasn't put, put it on, on yet. You're a hoe. It's okay. I'm. I I I literally have a whole fleet parked in my driveway right now. I used to have a fleet. I have a fleet thanks to partially thanks to you. Yeah, you. Twenty five percent of my fleet is now yours. You know how much withdrawals I've been having since Friday? It's been a couple days. Yeah. Wait till you learn. The 4x4 four four is It's okay. I'll have that bitch on the road over the next like, week or it's two. it has been a lot of memories in that truck. It has been a lot of memories in that truck. It'll be a lot, a lot more of, memories. I still have it. A lot of SK. Mm-hmm. A lot of SK. A lot of, lot of SK. A lot of sex God. ed, too. God, yeah. I can't wait SK? for SK to open back up. Sushi King, homie. Oh, God. Okay. 
Yes, we know your Karen, you know, spell with SK. Yeah, shout out Joe. Fuck you, bro, still. Hey, that's Ooh. my dad's name from SK, okay. from SK. Shout out Joe from Sushi King. You're a fucking piece of shit. Oh, but but we still like Sushi King. We just fuck Joe from Sushi King. Yeah, thanks for my refund, bitch. Is. Is. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> that was fucking Oh, awful. by the way, I'm still waiting on my gift card. It's fucking... Let's hurry it up. I'll come back when I get it. Oh, we've triggered him now. <laughs> he's go- oh, he's going full Karen. Karen angry. Woo! <laughs> God, dude. Um, but other than us with our, our Corona thing, um, Daniel, you were you were quarantined for two weeks. Oh, I was, yeah, I was quarantined. Um, quarantined. I don't want to name drop this bitch, but uh, you know who the fuck you are. Thanks for um, letting me come to your house while you had fucking COVID-19, you piece of shit. I appreciate you. Fun fact, I was actually supposed to go there yesterday, and fuck that. To to, to redo her PM? Yes. Huh. Fuck that. Yeah. Tried calling her three times. As far as I'm concerned, I was like, cancel her service contract immediately. Oh, my God, dude. For putting I wanted a to danger to the employees yeah, of the company. Absolutely. I wanted to check that. Especially bitch. since they made um, complimentary, I mean, courtesy calls. Like, <laughs> complimentary calls. <laughs> courtesy calls asking if people were sick or had symptoms or whatever before they sent the. And I assume she out. lied and said no. Obviously. Yeah. Even if she found out afterwards, you, f- you should call back and be like. Definitely. Hey, yeah. by the way, since your guy's going to be in or around my fucking house. At the very least, <laughs> when he got out of the vehicle, she should have been like, ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, not after the fucking 15-minute conversation we had, which at the end of it is when she told me, like, oh, yeah, by the way. Well, from all of us to you, we're very glad that you did not get COVID-19. Me too, because I need babies. What? Oh, easy there, Turbo. Y'all ain't even married yet. I'll give it some more months. It's fine. Yeah, they got four bedrooms in that house. They got three bedrooms to... to And we got three more months. Let's go. And, I mean, I've always said... You going to get the house? No. And you going to get pregnant no. right after that. No. Going to get the house? Ye. Get a vasectomy. Yeah, dude. No, you said after we got the other house you'd give it 3 months or okay. 6 months. Okay. Okay. This house, same thing. That I'll give it 3 months. I'll give it 3 months. First off, you didn't even say 3 months. Yes, when we were going to move in, it was supposed to be July 1st and you're like, I'll give it till July 2nd. No. Um I just love the fact that literally no one in the room except for me heard the fact that he said we're going to move into the house and then I'm getting a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't supposed to say that out loud, bud. That was supposed to be like on the back and listening back to it. Like, wait a fucking second. It was there. I need to bring it back. But yeah, no. Um, you got a four-bedroom house that you're possibly going to to buy. Most likely. Can most we change likely. it to most likely? I'm going to say possibly there's a, there's a, because I, I, I'm going to remain in the realm of reality. There's a decent chance. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Reality is real. Um, however. Whatever shit it is. When, I'll, I'll say it like this, when you guys get that house. That's the same thing. Nope. All right. When Sorry. you guys get that house. um, Here, I'll go back again. If you get that house, you have, you guys in one bedroom, you got three bedrooms to fill. So you're all about to have babies everywhere. And two of them are upstairs. One of them's going to already be filled. With nothing else but a bathroom. One well, of them's going to already be filled. Bye. Oh yeah, my childhood best friend's little brother is got shat on by his whole family and completely blacklisted, and he's like my little brother. So if he can't find anywhere to live when he turns eighteen, he's gonna stay with us for like a couple months until he as, up money. 
I'm I'm all for it. I, I really do hope y'all get the house. But obviously, like I said before, with the key and shit like that. But I just need one room that I can scrump in. Y'all yeah, had it. He, y'all had it in my house. So. It's called the backyard. No, it's probably going to be the. Well, second I'll put it in her backyard. It's probably going to be the second bedroom <clears throat> downstairs. That's my fucking cousin, Christopher. Cause. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. Let's fucking put it out there, bud. That's what I wanted to say earlier. God damn it! Here we are. <laughs> that's my fucking cousin. That's my fuck. Well, that's not my cousin. Oh, all right. I can't wait till you. I can't wait till you fuck his cousin. Me too. <laughs> It'd be nice. That's my fucking cousin, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, and I like, and I want to fucking your cousin. You want to fuck in my cousin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, go in the fucking woods and do that shit. Don't do it near my house. Bullshit. I want you to know. I'm also going to be scrumping in your house. I have no idea if you've scrumped in my house or not. I thought you were... Never. No, we hadn't I even am had the going to, to fuck the dog shit out of my girlfriend in your house. Don't I don't care. think we've even stayed the night at your house. Okay, you know what? You know what? Can, can I say her name? Is that cool? Nope. No. No? Okay, well, she's invited. You're not piece of shit. Yeah, well... She gets a plus one. We'll fuck anybody but you. We'll fucking see about that. No, we're not going to fucking see about that. We're just going to see about it. You're not fucking in my house. I am. You're not going to fuck in my house until I fuck in your house. I'll let you fuck in my house. I'll fuck fuck you in in your house. house. I'll fuck you in your house. Okay, first of all, I was in the equation and now I'm completely out of it. (laughs) And now I don't know if I'm mad because I'm in or I'm out. Let's make it fair. Oh, we're both going to be in, dog. Let's make it fair. You can fuck me in my house. And then I'll fuck you in your house. Deal. Except I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're going to be taking uh, this dick first. Excuse yeah. me. I thought we were being realistic. We might not even get the house, Garrett. Oh. I'll fuck you in a cardboard box on the fucking street, dog. I don't care. You're going to fuck a dog in a cardboard box? No, Whatever. I'm going to fuck you in a cardboard box on With the street. Dog. With a dog? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great thing. Doggy style? Hate this. Maybe. Here we are. Diddle diddle. All right. <laughs> Close it out. All right, guys. Does anybody else have anything to say? Uh, yeah, just one last thing. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, we appreciate y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. Unless you're a shit dad, then stop doing what you're doing. Yeah, Garrett. No, Garrett's a good good father. He's a great father. Not good. He's a great father. Yeah, he's our dad number two. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's perfect. So... <laughs> Uh. alright guys like Daniel said happy Father's Day to everybody you know since we're recording on Father's Day um I understand this one was a little bit dark a little little different than normal um but we wanted to get keep it keep it real with y'all you know you know this is this is our lives and uh you know gotta take the up with the down so I do want to thank everybody for listening so far um if you've enjoyed the show give us a like Follow us on Spotify or, you know, whatever your streaming platform is. All right. If anybody doesn't have anything else to say, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Catch you later.